Welcome to the Marindo Podcast. We are your hosts, Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino. This is the Latinx show where we discuss politics, pop culture, and how to balance it all con calma. Welcome to the show. Woo! On this episode of Tamarindo, we introduce you to our good friend Rebecca Pleites, Deputy Director of Grassroots Advocacy for the California Primary Care Association and Mommy-in-Chief of Two with One on the Way. Although Rebecca has only been a mom for a few years, her experience is unique in that she's at times been an entrepreneur, military mom, traveling mom, stay-at-home mom, you name it. She's one of the most authentic people we know, so we invited her to keep it real with all of you about mom life. A lifelong advocate, Rebecca has been involved in health policy work and local government, most recently supporting California Assemblywoman Carrillo's entry into office. We talked to Rebecca about ways that we can all be advocates for moms and mujeres everywhere on the special Dia de las Madres episode. But before we get to our chat, we're excited to start with some dichos y consejos, or tips from our moms that we received from all of our listeners. So on the last episode of Tamarindo, we invited all of you to share a dicho or consejo, a tip that has been instilled in you from your mom or a mother figure. And we got some really, really great entries. But before we read a few of those, we want to play some of the audio entries that we received. One of the dichos that my mom used to always say to me when I was younger was, Dime con quien anda y te diré quien eres. And that has stuck with me my whole entire life. It is unbelievable because anybody that I hung out with, I really kind of looked at, well, what are they doing and do I want to be associated with them? Um, and that was kind of progressive in terms of my thinking back then. But fast forward to now, some of the top personal development experts out there from Tony Robbins to Mel Robbins to Brene Brown, Maria Shriver, all say the same thing, right? They say, tell me who you're the five people that you surround yourself with and you are the sum of those five people in terms of success, in terms of money, in terms of lifestyle and happiness. Isn't that amazing that this old dicho, dime con quien anda y te dirás quién eres. It is unbelievable. And so I firmly hold true to that. And that's why I always think about, well, who am I hanging out with and what are they doing? Because I want to be where the, the people that are doing the things that I want to be doing, do it. Does that make sense? Anyhow, um, that was just a really good one. It brings back so many good memories. Thanks. Más vale un pájaro en mano que cien volando. That means to me um, to be very realistic with uh, what is in the present state. So I think about it when I'm dating, right? To not look at potential or something that's not there, but what's actually in front of me. So it was a quote by Benito Juarez, former president of Mexico, and he states, el respeto al derecho ajeno es la paz. And the reason that stays with me, I think, more so now as, as a married woman is because if you respect others and it's everything from property, she used to say for property because my sisters and I, we grew up in a very small apartment. And so we used to fight over things and, you know, take each other's clothes. And my mom would always say, el derecho al respeto ajeno es la paz, just to kind of calm us down. But if you think about it, if you respect people's property, their thoughts, their um 
their their being, then you're going to have a good relationship, not only with your spouse, but with colleagues and friends. So that's always been kind of fundamental for me. Just respect other people's their views, their thoughts, and try to make peace with that. And here's a couple others that we received that we're going to read for you. So on Instagram from Resista Cat, we got this one. My mother, who is Chinese, used to say to us, your cousins in China are starving. And I know many of us, many of us have had that guilt trip from mom when we don't finish everything on our plate. So I thought that one was, de- was delightful. And then we got a couple others. Uh, let me read to you one that we got from um, on Twitter. Let me find it for y'all right here in just a second. Of course, I put my phone on airplane mode and now I can't find it. One second. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Here it is. All right. So um, Vida with Christy on Twitter shared with us that the tip that she received from her mom or, or something, a lesson that's been instilled in her is fight. No matter what life throws your way, you fight. She says, my mom never said this out loud to me, but after being diagnosed with breast cancer, this is how she lived her life. She fought, she stayed positive, lived every day to the fullest until her last breath. Wow, what a powerful lesson. And then we also got another really cool one on via email from uh, Cristian Soriada. And this is what we got from that one. It says... Um, I used to work in the orchards picking apples and cherries with my mom. I hated it. But if my mom saw me slowing down or looking discouraged, she would say some of the following. Andale, mija, el que quiera azul celeste, que le cueste. Si todo fuera fácil, cualquier pendejo lo haría. Cierra la boca y mueve las manos. My mom is a total chingona that's been working hard her whole life. Now when I'm feeling discouraged with the with the pace of my educational journey, I think about those things and they give me courage. Oh, I love that one. What did you got? What did you get? All right. So from Instagram, at Brose shared, one consejo my mom always told me was, respira, respira, whenever I was feeling nervous or angry. And I never thought it worked, but I recently gave it a try and it totally works. It resets my mood. And looking back, I realized pretty much everything my mom ever told me was right. Latina moms are super intuitive. It's spooky sometimes. I love that. It's just so crazy how how powerful breath is. And it's something that comes so natural, but you don't realize like, how much it can help you just... Respira, respira. Yeah, respira. And from Representation Podcast shared via Twitter, never depend on anyone for anything. Almost all the women in my family end up single and have had to do everything on their own. This advice is a double-edged sword. I have massive trust issues, but I'm tough and independent. Mm, I can feel yeah, that. Yeah. And then from at real Kenny Rivera, Kenya Rivera, no hay, mal, no hay mal que por bien no venga. It taught me to look for teaching and learning opportunities from bad situations or mistakes. Oh my gosh. Those are all super fun to read. And we have a, a few others. If you go to our Twitter, you can see a whole thread of some of the entries that we got. So thank you everybody for your Thank you so much for, for your submitting your details. Yes, it was so awesome. So awesome. So to close this out, we want to share some, some consejos from our mom. Yes. Let's hear Ana Sheila's mom first. Pues lo que recuerdo que siempre te decía, mija, es que el hubiera no existe. Y la razón por la que te lo decía es porque no, no debes de desgastar tu tiempo en pensar algo que ya pasó y que no tiene caso de que estés pensando, ay, hubiera hecho esto, hubiese hecho lo otro, porque ahora lo que tienes que hacer es ver para el futuro, no ver para atrás. Para atrás solamente los bonitos recuerdos y todo hacia adelante. Yeah. <laughs> So that roughly means I should have does not exist. And so when I was growing up, I used to always lament, like, I should have done that. I should have done that. And my mom would always remind me, all we can do is move forward. And it's something that, you know, as I've gotten older, now it's something that I really try to practice. And it's made me be a much healthier 
person. And so I'm so grateful for my mom. And But she was telling me this when I was a little girl. And it's funny how it like finally is really clicking today, you know? Oh, that's so cool. Now let's hear from, from, from my mommy. Hola, soy Victoria, la mamá de Brenda, y tengo un buen consejo que escuché y creo que le aplica a ella y, y también a mí y a muchas personas que quieren hacer muchas cosas a la vez. Uh, como le dicen aquí, son multitask. Uh, se trata de que uh, escuché que son más felices o tienen más satisfacción las personas que terminan una cosa a la vez porque eh, nos suele que nos gusta hacer muchas cosas al mismo tiempo y no terminamos nada. Entonces eh, somos más felices si agarramos una meta a la vez y la terminamos. Y es lo que me gustaría que aplicaran <ríe> Brenda y otras personas. Ok, gracias. Bye. So that was my mom telling me that I should maybe drop one of the bazillion projects that I have and try to concentrate on doing one thing at a time and meet one goal at a time. Too much multitasking. Thanks, mom. And I want to also acknowledge our um, audio contributors. We heard from Angie, Esther, and Felisa. That was fantastic. Thanks, everyone. And this is a good reminder about our reto. Ana Sheila, what was our reto in our last episode? So our reto was to do something with our mom that promotes their well-being. So this can be well-being of any kind. So mental, physical, emotional. So this can be helping them download an app uh, that, you know, with brain games or to learn to, to learn something, or it can be cooking a meal together or exercising or just giving them a call or just spending time with them and just being really present. I think sometimes that we can take, we can take our moms for granted. And so just making sure that when you spend time with her, just being really present. That's perfect. Keep on doing it. It's due. No, no due date. Do it whenever. This is a reto. Do it now and then keep doing it. <laughs> and continuing with our theme around moms, we're going to introduce you to our friend, Rebecca Pleites, who is the health policy expert and just a dynamite mom. So Rebecca, I've known you for, I think, close to 10 years, which is crazy. And one of the things that I really, that's really interesting about your journey as a mom is how many different types of mom experiences you've had. So you've been a stay-at-home mom, you've been a working mom, an entrepreneurial mom, essentially a single mom once your husband was deployed. And I think because of that, your story can resonate with a lot of our listeners. Can you share a little bit about your experiences and, and something that you learned through that and, and what helped you get through it as well? You know, thank you for for sharing this and, and for pointing this out. I think sometimes... I will say that we don't necessarily see ourselves in the way that others see us. So when you talk about these multi-layer experiences, um, I don't necessarily think about them that way. Although when we be begin to sort of peel the layers, you're like, oh yeah, you know what? I am pretty awesome. Yeah, I, you've done I, it all, girl. You know what? Yes, agree. that's right. <laughs> um, and I think that generally speaking, I, I don't think that this is unique to moms, although I will say that being a mom brings a different element. I will say that women in general are very nimble. And what I mean by that is that we are sort of adaptable, right? You sort of adapt to different situations. And I think in my case, being a mom, like I, I just don't, I think about my children and I think, well, I don't have any other option, really. I can, you know, have a pity party, if you will, and then invite all my friends and family to join. Or I can think about here is the situation that I have in front of me. I'm going to assess the situation and then figure out what to do going forward. And it sounds, honestly, it sounds really, it sounds easier than what it actually, 
than than it actually is. So like in general, things sound really great when we think about, you know, things you want to do, ideas, you know, things you want to accomplish in life. And we almost like romanticize about how things are going to look. And then the reality plays out very differently. You're like, crap, my husband's away. He's deployed. My my son is, my daughter actually is three weeks old. How, how the crap am I going to do this? You know, and our son, I think at the time was just about to turn two. So you have, you're dealing with two little babies. We had just moved into a new place. Um, you know, I had just finished working on a very long and intense political campaign. So I was on go, go, go mode and then really quickly shift gears to, okay, now you're home, you're with your little ones, your husband's leaving. And we had a lot, you know, I am very, so very grateful to my family in that I truly felt that I could fall into a pillow of love and support, which is just, is a game changer, I think, for any mom. Um, it is hard to be a mom. Anyone who tells you otherwise, you know, is probably lying. Uh, it's really, really hard. Um, and I think to have a support system, um, it, I, that that's just, I, I don't know how else to explain other than just, it's a, it's a game changer. It provides emotional support. Um, you know, literally the support that you need, even, even to just come up for a breather and just come up for a little respite to go out and like, just, get your nails done, get your eyebrows done. I mean, my eyebrows were looking like caterpillars <laughs> at one point. And I was like, damn, hot damn, I got to get my act together. But, you know, but my 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 family also does not replace motherhood. It doesn't replace parenting. And my husband and I talked very early on that if we, you know, if we could afford to have one of us stay at home, that we really wanted to be there for, um, for our kids' formative years. And... Our lives have just been so, it, it feels like it's been so go, 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 go all the time that we don't necessarily have an opportunity to come up for like, for the, for breaks and for respites. And so I think as much as we've had changes, we, we've sort of adapted to, we've, we've sort of embraced the idea that we are just going to adapt to whatever situation we're confronted with. You know, so when my husband ran for for office, you know, for mayor of LA, we didn't have children at the time, but that was a very big change for us. And I think, you know, that to be very honest, that experience kind of almost broke us. I mean, we almost didn't make it past our marriage. I I was like, how do I file for a divorce? What would this <laughs> wow. potentially look that was like? Yeah. And I say that in a very, <laughs> you know, in a very to be fully transparent yeah. because I think that that experience really set the foundation for better or worse. I think in this case for better, I would do it all over again, honestly, because I think that going forward, I was like, well, if we could do this, if we were able to embrace this experience in very painful ways with with, you know, us having had really painful conversations, very mature conversations. Yes, kids are difficult. Kids, you know, add another element, but you just figure it out as you go. There's no right or wrong way of doing it. Right, I feel that. So I think what I heard from you is really resiliency, just ingrained reason, whether it's, you know, you learn on the go, whether it's just like a part of us just as Latinos, I just feel like we're just resilient. And um, also... Being nimble, right? Yeah. Like you shared, being yeah. flexible. Women are nimble. We're flexible. We're amazing. And um, also, the other thing I heard is apparently running for office is even hard, harder than being a parent. You know, it's hard. And 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 when I mean when I say nimble, I mean there's so many layers to us, you know, women and and Latinas, right? I think about how much we as I I want to say I don't know that this is necessarily unique to Latinas, but we almost 
own responsibility of others, right? So like uh, maybe our siblings, our parents, our friends, our family, we we sometimes um, we we take on things that don't necessarily belong to us. We're responsible for things that don't belong to us. And those are th- things that I think I've learned along the way throughout these different experiences of my husband running for office, of me being 29 years old, trying to figure it out. I'm like, I'm a kid. I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. We don't have kids yet, but you know, I don't know that I'm necessarily ready for a public life. And, and also to protect my own family. Like my parents are not necessarily politically involved. But what I've always learned from them is that you know, to, to, to your point, Brenda, is that you sort of just figured out is now that we have kids with every situation. So currently I'm traveling to Sacramento during the week because I work in Sacramento, but I'm home on the weekends to be with my family. And I think I, this is going to sound really maybe harsh, but I think to myself, ni que estuviera mocha, right? I got two, I got two legs. I got mm-hmm. two hands. I have a relatively decent head on my shoulders. Like I gotta be able to figure this relatively out. Relatively decent head. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I we, we and, and I think that Sometimes we, as parents, you know, as a mom, we we worry about our kids. We are worry bees, and rightfully so. There, you know, we live in a world that's very um, can be very toxic, especially these days. And we we try to protect them as much as we can. But I also try to expose them to this is a reality. This is what you're going to be confronted with, and you have all of the tools, you're, you know, you're privileged, you have two parents, you're lucky, you have a family, a loving family, like, no te falta nada, you have food on the table, like, we can't complain, I cannot sit here and complain, right, so, again, like, ni que estuviera mucha, like, what am I, and again, I can have a pity party, but here's what I'm dealt with, so, like, Let's do it. What are we going to do? I love that. So, Rebecca, as an expe- a very experienced mommy at this point, what's one consejo that you would give to oh, current man. moms or to women or, or, or people that are thinking about maybe becoming parents and haven't made the, oh, the big decision gosh, I think yet. I'm going to get emotional with this one because, <laughs> you know, if we all think to think back to maybe one or two consejos that we've heard from our parents, you know, in, in this case, our moms, um, and now being a mom, you know, myself, I think... You know, things do happen when they're meant to happen. So I think, todo su debido tiempo, right? And it sounds a little cliche. It sounds a little granola-ish. And, and maybe this is me tapping into that space of my soul. Um, I, I believe in this sort of bigger, you know, picture of life. This, you know, I, you know, I'm not necessarily religious. I'm spiritual. So I think about the universe and how the universe sort of conspires in, 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 um, and providing opportunities when those opportunities are right and when the time is right. And that's not necessarily to say, don't be a hustler, don't go out looking for those opportunities and create them. And I think what I'm saying is, you know, be patient and be compassionate with yourself as a mom, right? As a woman, as a friend, as a sister, and that things will happen and they will align when they're meant to be. And I think in my case, going back to these different experiences of being a stay-at-home mom and understanding the challenges and frustrations of like hearing your kids cry and you're like, mommy, mommy, you're like, oh my gosh, get the juguete. What else do you need? I gave you a cookie. What? No quieres comer? <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And then, and then, you know, you think about the working mom and you're like, hot damn, I've just been on like back-to-back meetings, have had no break, have had no chance to grab a bite. Like you're like, it's six o'clock. I got no work done. I have to now do work. But then I got my kids to go back to. So, you know, thinking about how much more efficient and effective you become as a mom. And the, and the one thing I do want to say about that is that sometimes we think about having children as being a setback. 
but sometimes having children, I think for me, propels you forward, right? It gives you another reason to think about why you're doing what you're doing or to think about those goals and aspirations that you have in mind. And that seems so far, but yet are so attainable. And I think if not for me, for them, I got to do it for them. Oh, I love that. I love and that. So, so, so anyway, so todo su debido tiempo, meaning things will happen when they're meant to happen. Having children will, hap- will happen if and when it's meant to happen. And may- it, maybe it's not, you know, it's not the thing for everyone. Maybe it is for you. And I've have a, have a lot of friends, and I'm sure you all have friends too, where you've heard, you know, fertility issues, like not being able to get pregnant. I mean, we literally waited four years to have, and we didn't wait. It was just, it just, happen four years to have our first son. And at one point I was like, man, I, maybe I'm just not meant to have kids. Like maybe I just physically cannot have kids. Like I should, I should consider like a fertility clinic. And so we started to look into clinics and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, we should be talking more about these issues, right? That like very real. Um, and it, and it happened, right? And so I do think it happened for a reason. And then we had a, a daughter and we're like, great, we have a son, we have a daughter. And now we're like having a third child. We're like, okay, we didn't learn a lesson. Amazing. <laughs> um, but I do think, you know, just things will align when they're meant to be. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't come with pain. I mean, I've had very real, raw, you know, moments where I've cried and I'm like, no one knows outside of these cuatro pinches paredes that I'm crying, that I'm just like crying my little heart out because here I am and my friends think I'm amazing, but I'm like, what happened to my career? I've worked so hard for, you know, to go to school and here I am with these kids and like I'm their lifeline, right? So it is very conflicting. Um, It can feel conflicting, but I think it's important for us to think about how to be compassionate with where we are in life and that there is no right or wrong way. Also, there are no timelines. So if you got a timeline, throw that timeline out of the way. I had a timeline when I was like 27 and I'm like, when I'm 30, when I'm 31, when I'm 13, I'm like, these things don't work. And also like, for me, I, I know that we, there's a lot of us who really embrace this idea of, you know, life work balance. You know, I've, I've learned for me that life work balance is whatever I make out of it, that I'm not going to you know, kill myself if I didn't get a chance to, you know, get in a manicure. It'll it'll happen and I'll figure it out. <laughs> the caterpillar eyebrows are going to just have yeah. to be something we accept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm really um, excited about the notion of, of thinking of children as something to propel your passions forward. Because the way that I met you, Rebecca, is um, I met you, you were, uh, were uh, you're a health advocate. I worked at Unidos US, and you were working with one of our affiliates that's in health. So you've always been an advocate. And, and now you've kind of returned to that space being a health advocate. So I, I want to ask you, what would you say are some important health priorities that we as listeners of this podcast should be advancing and especially if we care about our mommies? You know, what should we be thinking about when we're thinking about health priorities and concerns that impact our moms? Well, you know, that's a really great question because there's two things that come to mind and one of them is which may seem a little unrelated but very much tied to being able to move our health forward moms, Latinas, our communities, you know, our country, and that is being able to vote, right? So like registering to vote, um, actually getting out and going to the polls. I think we think registering to vote is great. And we're like, "Mm, that's amazing, y'all. But if we can't get ourselves to the polls, I mean, de que no sirve, right? So like, we got to be able to think a little bit beyond just registering to vote. Um, 
And I think that comes with, you know, a slew of things. I think about, you know, the state legislators across the country where you're seeing some very harmful um you know, laws uh, against reproductive rights for women. Right. Right. Yeah. And that stuff is happening at the state level. And I think we keep thinking as a country, 2020, 2020 presidential elections, so we really need to start thinking about the off presidential years um, and start thinking about issues at the local level that really impact us. Right. So, like, even things like, I don't know, you know, those, um, you know, um, what is it when your streets are not paved potholes. correctly? Thank you, potholes, <laughs> right? I mean, stuff like that. We And this, is, again, may seem unrelated to health, but everything really relates back to our health, emotional health, social determinants of health, like being able to go out for a walk and like having some, being to trees in your neighborhood, like that stuff is important. That gives you like calma, that gives you like, it makes you feel good, right? Go being able to go out for a walk and not being afraid to do that because your neighborhood is safe. Um, the second thing I think about is... And specifically thinking about an issue that impacts Latinas a lot, and that is cervical cancer. And, you know, Latinas, we are disproportionately affected by cervical cancer. And I think that's one issue that, one very specific health issue that we have yet to really elevate and talk talk more about. It's a very... Um, silent, you know, disease, if you will, the, the, the symptoms are very asymptomatic. So you often feel good. You look good. You're like, que onda? everything's fine. But, you know, oftentimes for, for Latinas, we reach a late, we've, when we go to the doctors, we've gone because we reach a very latent stage. And that means you're like stage three, stage four. And, you know, um, we have a, a friend who, who just passed away two years ago, I believe, from cervical cancer, um, Janeta Costa. And, you know, very bright girl, early 30s, Harvard grad, you know, incredibly involved with communities, such a giver. Like, and that's a lot of us, right? Like we give, we give to our sisters or friends. And next thing you know, you're like, shoot, what about me? Right? Like I didn't go for my checkup. And so when she went, she had reached a very late stage. And unfortunately, it's not a unique story. It happens to a lot of Latinas across the country. And I think we just don't hear about these stories enough. But cervical cancer, I would say, is one that, um, you know, we just got to be on the lookout. Go for your annual pap smears. If anything seems abnormal, follow up, you know, with those checkups because those checkups will amount to something. They can amount to something at the end of the day. Well, I had no idea about that 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 risk. So, a, a one way to be on top of that is just going to your annual checkups for sure, and maybe breaking any ta- taboo about anybody being down there. <laughs> Girl, you know, get look in down, there. get in there, <laughs> get in there, find it. <laughs> um, and then, how can listeners stay informed about these issues? And I and I love that you connected it to voting and and um, and thinking about health, the health of our moms more broadly, in in like the entire community, and in, like even thinking about as as unrelated, seemingly unrelated to think of potholes as related to health it is all related right we all have the right to healthy environments and places to walk and and if you build that muscle of voting for every issue that's how you can be a strong advocate for health um so how can listeners stay informed on some of these these health issues and things like cervical cancer and and the bat the battle against um contra- against uh, reproductive rights um what are some ways that folks can stay connected I mean, that about in the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I think that that's a great question because, you know, there are different places where folks get their news. And, you know, I would, I would hate to impose on like, go here and go there. Um, I think where, wherever folks feel comfortable, you know, getting their news, whether it's NPR, whether it's, you know, I think for moms, you know, we often get a lot of news from our schools, from our kids. We get it from other moms with their friends. I mean, nowadays, a lot of people don't even go on like actual websites to read news. They like go on like Instagram and like Facebook, right? Now the challenge is you're like, mm, how credible is this? Right. But, I, but I think, and that the, so that's something that I think we should be, you know, wary and, and sort of cautious about. But certainly wherever you feel comfortable in, in that you believe you're receiving credible news, as, as I said, conti- continue to to let that be your go-to place. Um, I personally love to just, you know, read, um, you know, I, I have a couple of uh, Google like alerts in my phone for like, you know, just reproductive health, um, you know, just Latinas health, women's health, um, and just generally how to get involved, you know, civically. Um, you guys may have some more thoughts being that you're also plugged into some of the civically engaged, you know, world. Um, well, we love the tip of listening to Tamari the podcast. So just keep doing that. Yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> and go. Share this episode with a friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've loved having you. You left it with, with such um, so many jewels, so many consejos and dichos within what you shared. And I think many of our listeners can connect to that. So um, as we like to do here on Tamarindo, we like to give folks a chance to throw a person, place, thing, concept in la basura. Oh, so man. what do you think you would throw in la basura? And I feel like I have a couple of uh, basuras. You can, you know what? There's multiple basuras we'll, in this We'll house. let you do two. Yeah, there's two trash cans here. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it takes, um, it takes a lot for me to dislike something or someone. I, I, I love people so much and I really come from like a genuine place, but I really dislike when fellow moms are like judgy moms. I'm like, yo, Really? That was a, that's very necessary because there's just no right or wrong way of like mothering. And especially, you know, we just don't know where we are in life, what we're dealing with, where we are like on an emotional level, mental level, physically. Like, are we feeling good about ourselves? Are we like trying to lose weight? Are we like rocking? You know, I, it, there's just so many different angles and layers to where we are in life as moms. And, and really, all of us are just trying to do our best that adding another piece of like, mm, Mirase cómo hizo eso. Mirase cómo la vistió. Y los y luego los zapatos. Oh, está bien, you know. And you're like, for real. You know, my child ate. My child's breathing. My child's <laughs> yeah. alive. My, thank you. Every day is a miracle. Every like, day is a on, miracle. Let's be grateful for that. So yes. Yeah, so asuras to judgy moms. Asuras Don't be judgy moms. To judgy moms. Yes. And so now to keep it all balanced, we want to also ha- we also have a matraca. And so this Ooh. is just something that you're loving on, that you want to hype, that you want to give a shout out to. And to all the listeners, I was officially presented uh, matraca today. So a matraca, a matraca goes to the new film "Knock Down the House" um, that features um, AOC and oh, I'm trying to blink on the other two women that are featured in the documentary, but it's basically three women who are running for office, and it shows you know their their trajectory. Um, and you know, I've only seen like 15 minutes, but it already I sounds heard, good. It already looks I know, good. I've heard really it. great things about it. So um, matraca for yes, for that matraca talk. for that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Any extra matracas by chance? 
all the moms, man. Yeah, Ma- you know, happy Mother's Day to all the moms who are just doing their thing and, you know, who are creating our, you know, not even next leaders who are creating the leaders of today. All the brown, beautiful little babies out there. Love to all the moms. Yeah. Love you, mommy. Yes. yes. And and I and I'm sorry. I know we said that we wouldn't have our own matracas and basuras this episode, but I am gonna send another matraca. <laughs> so uh Rebecca, first of all, thank you for joining us here on Tamarindo. Thank so you guys. so awesome. We love you. And on the way here, we had someone rescue you because you ran out of gas oh on the freeway. Goodness. And so I want to just give a matraca to Metro LA. Yes. Metro LA. Matraca for that, Ana Sheila. <laughs> Because apparently they they have this free service here in LA where they can come and give you gas or they're basically they're like AAA but for the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to Metro. I LA, love when yes. we see like LA doing great yeah. things for us. Good job, good job. All right, thank you, thank you. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI, 220099